0: Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just over broke job, that nine to five just over broke job with every means possible. And that includes YouTube and making money on YouTube and making money uh, online. And I have an expert, a fantastic YouTuber, as well as somebody that teaches people all the time through her courses and membership and everything. Somebody who's fantastic and absolutely is an expert. So I have Jillian Perkins here on the show with me. Jillian, thank you so much for being here.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: So we were at a conference. It was in San Diego. It was at a conference and it was the last night. And I have a group of friends that we I've met throughout the conference. And we were sitting at a table and I go up and get seconds. I'm getting my food. You know, it was like a, a dinner type thing. I walk up getting food thinking, okay, I got to go back and talk to my friends. I see what they're doing in their business and just hang out and I'm getting food and I I'm just, getting my food. I look over and I see you. I have no clue who you are. And I said, Oh, hi, how are you? How are you doing? What's your business? And we started just randomly talking and I said, Hey, you want to come sit down with us? And so you brought over, you know, came over and sat down with us. And just like everybody else is, hopefully we're just in this to help each other out and, and grow our businesses. So that's how we met, which was last year, which was a lot of fun. And then now I've been watching how you have just grown the business bigger and bigger. So I, I want to jump into, How did you be able to quit your job and be successfully unemployed? How are you able to do that and provide for your family?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, just thank you for reaching out that evening. Um, I remember we went on to have a great discussion with your group of friends and it was so nice to meet all of them. And I tend to be more of an introvert myself and not the best at meeting people. So I really appreciated you going out of your way to introduce yourself to me. Um, As for your question, how did I quit my job? So I have a confession. I've Practically never had a job. I had one part time job when I was in college at the very beginning of my, my part-time college career um where I was an intern. But other than that, I've never had a proper job. Uh, but I did have something that um was a lot more like a job than what I have right now. I used to do a lot of freelance work. I taught music lessons and I did that for about 10 years. And while I technically worked for myself, I really had about 40 bosses and those were all the parents of all my piano students. <laughs> um, and it was I, I would say it had a lot of the same disadvantages that a lot of people experience with their nine to five, or I had to be showing up every week, certain times, certain locations. And I couldn't really slack on that, or else I wouldn't be able to keep all those 40 jobs I had. <laughs> at and that you're, time. you're right.
0: You're you're trading one boss, or you've never really had a full-time job, which I love that. That's fantastic. I think it's, it's brilliant. But if you had, did have a full-time job, you have one boss or potentially you know, a boss above them and a boss above them, but you have really one boss. But if you're a self-employed person, you have to have the mentality that you have, if you don't work, you don't get paid just like at a regular mm-hmm. job, but you have more than one boss now. So that's a good perspective <laughs> that most people don't think of.
1: Yeah. And you know, there's different types of freelance work out there. And I think that people who are doing freelance work online, um, they might have in a, in a literal sense, all those different bosses, right. And have to show up for their clients in that way, but they might have a much more flexible schedule or be more location independent than I was because I was doing freelance work locally. Uh, I was really tied down to my location and to a strict specific schedule that I had to follow to keep those clients. Um, and so while I enjoyed the work, that I was doing I definitely found it pretty taxing to have to be showing up every week um, and as I just mentioned I'm kind of an introvert and so showing up for those clients in person every week was pretty exhausting for me even though the work itself was enjoyable so that was really what I was working on moving away from uh, and it took me several years to do it I actually started reading um, some different books like the four-hour work and rich dad poor dad back at the end of my high school career when I was um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, if I wanted to go to college and all that sort of thing. And so I started, I read those books. I also read just a lot of books about like how money is made and some books that I would really qualify as get rich quick schemes, quite frankly, um, just to try to like figure out how money was made and what my different options were and if there was an alternative way to make a living aside from working a nine-to-five job of course i took a lot of like career tests and different tests to tell you what college major you should pursue and that sort of thing and none of the jobs that they really you know, gave me as an answer is, appealed to me and I couldn't figure out why. And in retrospect, I realized it was because they all involved working for someone else for more hours than I was really interested in working because I knew that I wanted to be a mom and to you know, have time for my kids and that sort of thing. But I also wanted to have a career and none of the jobs that were suggested to me really were going to give me those options while still allowing me to hit my career and income goals that i was really interested in pursuing as well um so that was kind of where i was at and what partly uh, what led me into the freelance work that i was doing because i wasn't quite sure what i wanted to do long term i just was doing the work that was there i had had some training as a pianist and so i had that skill that i could share with people so i was just doing what my best option was but i was also actively pursuing those alternative methods that I had read about specifically, I would say, in the four hour work week where Tim Ferriss talks about so many different interesting ways where people make a living, often doing very little work, um, but potentially earning a lot of profit. And that was just so interesting to me. So it, it resulted in a series of a lot of experiments, a lot of little businesses that I started, most of which failed, not because I went broke, but because they, they didn't turn into successes. So I would qualify them as failures. Um, although certainly failures that I learned a whole lot from.
0: Yeah. And I know I've learned loads and loads from all my failures. In fact, I actually learn. I think most people do learn more from failure than they do from your successes. Cause once you, you win, you succeed, you're like, great, that was great. But when you fail, you literally recap, or at least I do, I think over and over again, why I failed. Not just because I want to learn, but it's like, it makes me mad that I failed, that I, <laughs> I've lost or whatever it might be. So I keep going through my head. So I, I think that's great. Now, what are you doing now that helps you to provide for your family?
1: So after a lot of experimentation, um, I, one thing that I realized was that most of the the types of businesses that I was interested in pursuing were the sorts of businesses um, that could be qualified as like a passion business where you are, uh, interested in a topic and you are researching and learning about that topic and sharing that with others. So, I mean, this kind of business could be called an information business or a content business. Um, it's what you'd call most blogs or YouTube channels, that sort of thing that that was really the type of career that I wanted to pursue long-term being an author, being a speaker, um, and just sharing with others because I have such a passion for learning. Um, and I also, love sharing what i learn although like i said i want to do it on my own time and probably from my own house you know um but it's just that's the kind of work that i really really enjoy and so as i was working on starting these different businesses i ended up starting a blog about my little business ventures that were failing right and about just the things that i was trying out and i didn't at first plan for that blog to become the business, but that ended up becoming the business because that was the thing where I had the most passion, the thing that I kept pouring myself into. And all these other business ventures, they were really just fueling that blog that turned into a business venture. So, so uh, the, yeah, go ahead.
0: Pausing that. So is that that blog that you started talking about all your business ventures, people's just gravitated toward that, right?
1: Mhm. Yeah, I mean, not at first. It wasn't an overnight success by any means, but because and I don't I don't think that there was more demand for that blog than there were for any of my other ideas, it's just that that was where I kept being consistent, where I kept pouring myself into because the thing that failed about the other businesses, like I said, it wasn't that they failed financially. It was that I failed them. I didn't have enough passion or interest in them to pursue them long-term. They and I didn't get the the quick win that maybe I was hoping for there. And because I didn't have like that deep driving passion, I had no reason to continue them. So I would do them for a few months or a couple of years, and then I would shift to something different. So I wasn't able to build up that long-term success. But the blog was different because that was where my true interest was. And so just because I like stayed the course, that was what ended up becoming way more successful than the other things I was pursuing.
0: That's great. Now, how did that transition into... YouTube because right now you've got like thousands and thousands and thousands of subscribers. I mean it's it's brilliant how you're doing that. How did that transition into from the blog to YouTube?
1: So as I was starting these different businesses and they were failing, um, I was trying to figure out why they were failing. And of course I didn't like look inward and you know realize that I was the thing that was failing at first. And so I was looking outward and trying to figure out what was failing. And what I realized was that in order for a business to be successful, you need to have successful marketing efforts. It, it, I mean, this sounds incredibly obvious, especially in retrospect, but I hadn't realized going into starting these businesses, how important marketing was. I thought if you had a good product, If you had a good quote business plan, um, you know, customers would find you, you would make money, but it turns out a lot of it came down to marketing. And so I realized this is the skill that I need to develop. I need to get really good at marketing if I want my businesses to succeed. So I start, I just became a student of marketing and that really tied into my interest in business and entrepreneurship. And so I started writing a lot more about marketing on the blog and then experimenting with the marketing tactics that I was working for the different businesses that I was running. And so in doing that, I kind of became known in my very, very small circle uh, as someone who had marketing knowledge. Um, and so I didn't have really any audience at that point. When I say like my circle, I don't mean like blog readers. I didn't really have any blog readers yet, hardly. Um, but in my small circle of friends, I became known as someone who knew about marketing. And so some of my entrepreneurial friends, uh, started reaching out to me and asking me for help with different aspects of marketing their businesses. And it was really random stuff. Someone would ask me, can you build a website for me? Someone would ask me, Hey, could you set up some Facebook ads for me? You know, all these different things things, very, very hodgepodge. (laughs) Um, But in doing that, I got even more knowledge and experience about marketing, started writing about that on the blog. Now, I had actually started a YouTube channel a few years before, and I would classify that as one of the many business ventures, although it wasn't particularly trying to be a business. But one of those things I tried as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, And it was a lifestyle YouTube channel. And it was not very successful at all. (laughs) Um, The biggest thing that held that back from turning into success was really just like my video quality was really, really poor. I didn't know anything about making videos at that point in time. And I didn't, I don't know why exactly, but I I was very blind to the quality of my videos. Um, I think it was kind of because it was somewhat the early days of YouTube. And so the standard wasn't quite as high most people's videos, at least people who are doing well, were far better than mine. Um, But there wasn't that kind of like universal standard that we see on YouTube today where most people have great quality videos. There were plenty of other channels that had poor quality videos like mine. So I didn't really understand that that was what was holding that channel back. But anyway, I had had some experience on YouTube. It had been interesting. And even though my channel in general had not been very successful, I had had a couple videos take off and go pretty viral actually and get Tens of thousands or the one that was the most successful got about half a million views. And to keep in mind, this was a, a horrible quality video. <laughs> um, shot on an old um, camcorder, terrible lighting, it, just like horrible edit. Like it, it was really as bad as the video could have been. Um, but the, the topic stuck and it took off. And so later on, I ended up shutting that channel down because based long story short, as soon as I started getting views, I stopped asking myself like, why aren't people watching my videos? And I started asking myself, why are people watching these videos? Cause it really like, I was so focused on like that question of why aren't people watching that I was blind to the fact that my videos were bad. But once people started watching, then that kind of like took that focus out of the picture. So I stopped focusing on, you know, why aren't people watching? And instead I was able to like step back and actually look at my videos (laughs) anyway. So um, so later on when I'm working on marketing and I start having these friends ask me for help with their marketing and I decide to focus the blog more on marketing and I decide "Hmm, maybe I'll try to make this, you know, my next little business here, offering some marketing services. Then I have to think, well, how am I going to market my marketing business? (laughs) <laughs> you know, and so I thought back to all the different things I would tried. I mean, at this point, I had tried, I'd put up billboards in my town. I had plastered the town with, you know, signs. I had put ads in the newspaper. I had posted things on Craigslist. I'd run Facebook ads and Google ads. I'd tried a bunch of different types of marketing, but nothing had been as successful and taken as little effort and as small of a budget as the accidental success that i had with those youtube videos nothing had gotten me more visibility and nothing had gotten me more interaction and so i thought huh maybe that could be a a marketing strategy worth trying so i decided to use that as a marketing strategy um, that i was going to like give a serious effort to um, like a serious experiment for for my marketing agency so of course i didn't know if it was going to work out for sure but i just decided to commit to it for at least three months every single week i was going to put up a video i was going to you know make that really my priority in the business make those videos as good as i possibly could which uh, just side note they still weren't very good at the beginning there but i was actually trying at that point whereas previously i wouldn't really say it was trying um and so within those first three months the channel really started to grow really started to take off and it it was definitely working you know i wasn't making money from it yet i wasn't i hadn't landed any customers from it yet but the numbers were climbing faster than with anything else i'd ever done and so i realized i needed to continue to focus there i needed to devote even more time and energy to that marketing effort and it's just continued to grow from there
0: that's that's amazing i love i love the idea that you You kept kept growing and kept changing, not necessarily saying, I'm going to just give up. No, you kept trying to figure out until something actually took off. And it seems like right now, as you... Because all your videos now they look really quality. I, I, I look at I'm like, man, these are really well done I look at my videos. I'm like, oh my goodness These are horrible and at least I'm putting out something but I tell myself at least I'm putting out something which is probably not good enough But okay, so you have your YouTube channel. How many subscribers do you currently have right now?
1: Um, we're a little over 350,000
0: Man, that's awesome. So let's grasp that. What would that translate into money-wise? Because people think, how do I make money on YouTube? Well, how? You just put out videos, obviously. Uh, But what does that translate into like YouTube ads or anything like that?
1: Hmm, okay. When you first said what does that translate to? I thought we were going to like compare it to things. So like how many stadiums full of people oh. are? Like <laughs> I was like, well, it's more people than live in the city I live in. It's more people than fit in a football stadium. It's a lot of people. Um it's honestly like a little bit overwhelming. I wouldn't say I feel stressed out about it at all, but when you think about the quantity of people, um and I think what's really cool is that even people who you would maybe not think of as particularly successful on YouTube, you know, they just have a few thousand subscribers. That's still a lot of people to be talking to. So yeah, just like, first of all, don't discount any success that you have really on any platform. It still is an honor to get to speak to to even a few dozen people. Um, Mm -hmm. but as for what that translates to in terms of revenue, um, so, um, let's like back up for just a second, like talk about the the context. So I said at three months, I hadn't earned any money at four months. I did. I got my first check from YouTube at four months. It was for $113. Um, cause YouTube will pay out once you hit $100 in revenue. Um, and then it r- escalated pretty rapidly from there. I think that by month eight, maybe maybe less than a month seven or eight, um my checks were over two thousand dollars um just from the youtube ad revenue alone so that's not talking about clients that i was finally starting to get from youtube um, or any products that i was selling just straight up from youtube youtube was paying me two thousand dollars a month um within seven or eight months of starting that channel which was really cool and way more than i expected because um at that time and to this day i hear people regularly talking about how poorly YouTube pays and I just (laughs) I think that's ridiculous because I the people who I know who do YouTube and myself included um YouTube pays really really well anyway so two thousand dollars at that point and it's it's grew more slowly from that point on Um, for quite a while when I was like between 100,000 and 200,000 or so, which was about a year. um, I was earning about $4,000 a month from those ads right now. I think it's a bit over 6,000, although I would say it fluctuates more now than it used to. Now it will fluctuate anywhere between about 5,000 and 8,000 a month from those ads. Um, Whereas for a long time, it was quite steady at about 4,000.
0: Now. The, the thought of now actually becoming a YouTube person that's making money on YouTube, mm-hmm. that's that's definitely one route. But I don't want to necessarily say that that's where that I want to take our interview in a direction that really helped my brother. So if you remember my brother, he teaches people how to play poker. And uh-huh. so I yeah. told him. Yeah. So you do remember him?
1: Yeah, I do. I'm, I don't remember his name right now, but I do remember meeting him and I remember him telling me about my... Uh, telling me about his business. What's his name? Sky. Sky. Okay. Yeah.
0: So we had the, we were, we were, and I was. I was really glad that we met, uh, not necessarily for my business because I, you know, is a little different. I'm not a big YouTube person, but when you started talking to my brother Sky, so what my, my brother Sky does, he teaches people how to play poker and he has his podcast. He's had it for like three years, four mm-hmm. years. I mean, he gets thousands and thousands of downloads. He does really well there. And, in the conversation, as we were hanging out later and later, you I've told him over and over again, mm-hmm. Sky, you should stop doing Patreon. That is such a waste of your time. You need to do Amen. a membership because what, <laughs> you, okay, you know exactly where I'm going. So Patreon, if, so if anybody doesn't know what Patreon is, it's basically where somebody says, I like this person that's putting out this content. I'm generous. Let me give them money just because mm-hmm. I like them. And they'll give me a little bonus here or there. And so yep. Sky, my brother, was doing. And he was making like $200 a month. And he was happy with $200. But I said, Sky, if you do something different, which is make a membership where you, instead of saying, you're generous, give me money. No, I have premium content. That's going to be fantastic for you. You can pay just a little bit of money, be in my membership and make money. And every single time I tell him, ah, no, no, I'm fine with this. And then he hears it from you. So Can you, do you remember that conversation? Yes, I do remember that conversation. I'd
1: forgotten until now, but I remember now. Yeah, I just remember um, that Sky was telling me about his podcast and about the success that he had with it so far. And that he, I I don't remember. I feel like at that time, maybe he had recently started Patreon. um, And he was like talking about how he was finally starting to earn some money that way. And I was like, but- what about a membership, (laughs) you know, Uh, I just felt like he was leaving so much money on the table. Um, And I'm sure the reason you're bringing that up is because most of the money I make isn't from my YouTube ads, it's from the membership site that I run. And I've, I see that like Sky isn't the only example of that. Um, there's a YouTuber who I watch who is far more successful on YouTube than I am. Um, he has maybe about 2 million subscribers and I love his videos because they are such good quality. They're kind of my aspiration of like, you know, something I'm really shooting for with my videos. Um, don't know if I'll ever get there, but he's such a master filmmaker. And his channel isn't about filmmaking but a lot of people watch his videos because of his great filmmaking ability um so he has a lot of filmmakers in his audience anyway and he has a patreon page that he invests serious time into um i don't know i obviously don't know exactly how much time he spends on it but i do know that he produces probably four new videos for it every month and he spends 10 to 20 hours at least on every video that he produces so he is investing you know something like. 40 to 80 hours a month, at least on this Patreon page. And I just think he's leaving so much money on the table when he could have a membership where he teaches people um, his filmmaking skills because he shares some of what he does, but like I am in his target audience, his target demographic really. And I would be happy to pay a lot more money than the $10 a month I pay for his Patreon if he were to just share a little bit more of his actual filmmaking techniques as just another little example.
0: So let me well round out this story. Cause you, you don't know this. So when we're driving home from San Diego to Fresno, um, I, Sky, my brother was so like his wheels were turning so hard and he had never done anything like that. I've launched courses and memberships. I've done all that stuff mm-hmm. before. And as he's thinking, I'm brainstorming with him. And as we're driving, I say, you know what? Within a week, I maybe even less than that like 3 4 or 5 days I can get you set up. You don't need to change anything you're doing. Keep doing the things you're doing for Patreon. We just put it in a platform that's a membership and you're going to make so much more money. He was nervous mm-hmm. but we did it. And so within 4 or 5 days we got the membership developed. We got the we got the uh, cart the the shopping cart the landing page. We got literally everything set up in like 3 or 4 days. And the following like Tuesday he launched it and he said, "Okay everybody, I'm shutting down Patreon." and I'm having my premium content. It's all the same stuff, it's just delivered a different way. He went from $200 a month to $2,000 a month in like the next three days because people jumped into his membership. I still think he's charging too little, but he's like, ah, these people are playing poker and I don't have much money. I'm like, Sky, it doesn't matter, you've got premium content. Anyways, long story short, <laughs> he went from $200 to $2,000. And now it's just growing and growing and growing. So because of you, Jillian, he absolutely was able to change his trajectory. Now he's like, man, this is so awesome. This is a a supplement to his coaching and all this other stuff that he does. He's like, this is brilliant. So talk to us about now your membership. Now, making money on YouTube is fantastic, but making money through a membership and serving people through a membership, talk to us about that.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing with me the end of that story because I didn't know that uh, at all. And that is just amazing. I remember actually when you guys were driving home from Fresno, you sent me like a message on Instagram, like a video. I don't know if you remember this, but you sent me a video message and you were just like, I don't remember exactly what you said, but you were just like, Hey, Gillian, just wanted to say it was nice to meet you. And we're thinking about this membership thing or something like that. And I was just like, Oh, okay. You know, nice little message. And uh, it definitely made me remember you guys a lot more than I would have otherwise. Um, Cause I met a lot of different people at that conference, but because you sent me that, you know, you took, 15 seconds or whatever to send me that message. I actually remember who you were and (laughs) and it didn't just become like, you know, another conversation. Um, so yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that story. That's amazing. I'm so glad to hear that he got his membership off the ground because I just remember having the conversation with him and, um, I, I just like told him the way it was, you know, I didn't really hold back anything. I was just like, you need to do this. You're leaving so much money on the table. So I'm really glad to hear how that played out. Um, okay. So your question, what was your question? You said, oh, you said like making oh, money so, on YouTube is great. Go, Yeah, tell me yeah, your question
0: so, again. <laughs> so first thing I have to say is I've been mispronouncing your name. It's Gilead, not Jillian. So I really is, yeah. apologize. That's
1: okay. <laughs> Everyone says it wrong. So,
0: uh, so but, but the thing is with YouTube, YouTube's great. And if you want to go after YouTube, it's really good to, to make money. But there are so many other ways. Like YouTube's making a cut. Like they're making money. Why not you yeah. get all that money? And so with, talk to us about memberships and how supplementing your income, that's, that's not the right word. Like you can make plenty of money through your membership, but you also make my uh, stream of income through YouTube ads, mm-hmm. affiliates, all that sort of stuff. But I really, cause you helped my brother so much with memberships. Talk to us about our memberships and what, how much power that is in a membership.
1: Mm-hmm. So first of all, something that I say on a regular basis is that I would happily make youtube videos all day long if youtube didn't pay me a dime because it is the best marketing out there and it helps me make so much more money in my business it attracts so many customers and clients to my business um and so i am just like excited to get that check from youtube every month and i just see it as the icing on the cake i'm like well thanks very much youtube for handing me this money i'd be doing this anyway even if you didn't pay me but you know always nice to have a little bit more money never hurts right and also um it is nice to be a little bit more diversified with your income. I used to be such a proponent of multiple streams of income, and I'm still a proponent of it. But um, I did realize at a certain point that I was limiting myself by spreading myself too thin um, across like active sources of income where I was trying to make money in a lot of different ways. And so at this point, I've scaled back. I have about four main ways that I make money um and at least two of those are completely passive like the youtube ad revenue i mean i'm gonna make those videos go ahead
0: oh pause that what were the main ways like like list them out for me then we can jump into more
1: yeah, so um the YouTube ad revenue and then the um the revenue from my actual courses and then the revenue from my membership and then the um affiliate income that I earn which is another thing that I would qualify as basically entirely passive because the affiliate revenue that I earn is me sharing products or services with people and I would share it whether I was getting paid that affiliate income or or not, because I am sharing it to help them, you know, reach a certain goal. I'm sharing it as part of my program, as part of my course. I'm not sharing it to get the revenue, that affiliate revenue. Um, I'm sharing it because like, I need to tell them about the tool. <laughs> so, and,
0: well, it just, it helps that it doesn't cost them, the, your, your, your customer or anybody else that you're helping. It doesn't cost them another dime. It's just another icing on a cake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. If you have passive income streams, um, to maintain those, um, but not of diversifying too much with anything you have to actively do to make money. Um, And then the other source of income that I actually don't have right now, but sometimes we have is rental income. So I don't have it right now because we sold our rental properties. But um, if you go back and like watch some of my videos about like different ways I make money, then you'll hear me talk about that. Um, You you probably don't
0: remember. Do you remember how how I make my money? Do you remember? No, I don't. Real estate. I, I, I invest in rental property. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: that's what I thought you were going to say. And I remember that that was part of the reason I was interested in talking to you, because that is like something that I'm interested in continuing to pursue long term. Um, we sold our rental properties because they had really appreciated in value. And so it just made sense to cash out on them. Uh, I'm anticipating that housing might get a little bit cheaper here. Uh, <laughs> so we've got some cash in the bank and we're planning to make some in some new investments in the relatively near future here, sometime within the next couple of years anyway. But I remember I was like, oh, you do real estate. (laughs) <laughs> I want to be exactly. in your circle. <laughs> um, anyway, so let's get back to membership site. Okay, yep. so yes, the majority of my income is made, the biggest chunk of my income is made from my membership site. So I run a program called Startup Society, and it is a membership program that teaches aspiring entrepreneurs and new online business owners how to start an online business and how to, um, it just teaches them really the basics, everything they need to do to get their business off the ground, to start actually earning money, to start actually making making sales every month um, so that they can start supporting their family with their online business. Um, I really saw a gap in the market, this is what led me to start the program, a gap in the market where there are so many, you know, business coaches out there and business gurus and people talking about online business. And a lot of them are talking about, you know, what's working for them right now, um, maybe how they got to where they are right now, uh, strategies that are on the top of their mind, which is all great information. But um, it's very much a hodgepodge of information. First of all, like it's not organized in a sequential way, um, and very few people are teaching the basic beginner steps. And I really think that that's one of the main reasons why it took me so long to get my online business off the ground because no one was saying do this and then do this and then do this. Not to say that there is an exact formula that's going to work for everyone and that you don't have to use your brain to execute it. You know, there is still, you know, like it'll be a little bit different for everyone, but there is a basic framework for building an online business, a basic seven or so main things that you need to do to get a business off the ground and making money. And I just saw that there was such a gap in the market for that type of training. So I started this membership program about two years ago now. Um, and at this point, we have around 550 members in the program. Um, and membership, uh, we have some different offers kind of depending on how people go about joining. But most people pay around $50 a month for their membership. And they get access to um, a training program that like I said, like really box them step by step. And then they also get access to a, a community element where they're able to interact with other online entrepreneurs, connect with other people who are doing things like them. Um, and then once a month, I do a coaching call with them. I answer all their questions, you know, to help with their unique situations. Um, anyway, so that's basically how the program works um, right now. I want to say it's bringing in a little over $20,000 a month. Um, yeah, right, about $20,000 a month, a little bit more. Um, That's brilliant. And Yeah, and you know what I love? One thing that I love about membership programs is just that your income, um, first of all, it gives you a, a very stable income. Because unlike those 40 bosses that I had, that I had to constantly, you know, show up for, I've got 500 bosses, but it's so much easier to show up for those 500 bosses. Um, And because I can create, I can stay at my house and do my best work, you know, make awesome content and then distribute it to all of them and they all get access. And because there's so many of them, they're able to pay a relatively low price every month, but I can make the highest quality content that i possibly get unlike when i had those 40 bosses where i had to go to each of their houses and so i was spread way too thin um and they felt like i was charging too much you know what i mean because i had like i was just charging the amount i had to charge to pay my bills the amount that made sense for me to charge but It just, it's, it's a great system when everyone wins. That's what it really is. It's a win-win situation where other people get to benefit. I get to do my best work. Um, we all profit in the process. So, so those are a few of the things that I love about the membership. What other questions do you have about it?
0: So as having a membership, it seems like you need a few key components. I think you touched on all of them. Number one, you need the teaching. Then number two, you need the community, but number three, you also need the coaching, correct? Is there anything else that I might be missing? or those are the three main components that we need in a membership?
1: Well, I would not say that you actually need all three of those. I I've seen plenty of successful memberships that only had even one of those components um, and was still successful. Um, There are membership programs that are really more like mastermind programs where you're doing like a group coaching session with someone every month. That is the entire membership. Um, I've definitely seen memberships where there's no coaching element at all. It's really just like an online course that's being continually updated. Um, And then there's even memberships out there that are really just access to a community. Um, I mean, that would be a lot of clubs that are out there, right? They're really just membership programs and you get access to the community. Um, so once you need all three of those, uh, There, I would say that for most online memberships, you're going to build the strongest and most um, helpful program if you have all three of those components, um, but um, not, not, not strictly necessary. The other component you didn't mention, uh, and this is something that I would say is like, kind of the downside of memberships is that because you've got all these members who are paying every month um and you are in a sense dripping out the content so they're getting access to a little bit more every month they're working a little bit more every month um your customer support is going to be a lot more intensive than it would be with a course um you're going to have the members emailing you a lot more and so that's like i said kind of a downside you need to devote a little bit more re uh, some more resources to your customer support team or some more hours of your time to that. But on the flip side, it's kind of the best thing about memberships because it means your members are so much more involved, so much more interactive, they are actually in the program, working through it, getting results. And one of the main reasons why your course students might not be emailing you is because they're not actually working through your course, right? Uh, I think I've seen numbers Anywhere between 70 and 90% of people who buy online courses don't finish them. Um, but people who are paying for a membership, they're making that payment every single month. And so a lot a greater percentage of them are actually logging in and using the material.
0: And by seeing that come out of your paycheck or your credit card statement, or your, you know, you're seeing every single month you're having skin in the game and you're reminded of that skin in the game. So you better get to work on that. Like if you see the guitar, everybody everybody watching on YouTube, you see the guitar in the background. So that was like a $1,500 guitar. And when I didn't have any money, so this I bought this when I was in college and I didn't have any money, but I knew I wanted to buy a guitar because I wanted to learn. Well, I was gonna go buy a $50 guitar because ah, I was just gonna buy a guitar. But a friend of mine who's actually a guitarist said, don't do that. You will literally leave it under your bed and you'll never play it. You Spend money buying a good one, buy a good one. And it's going to make you want to play because you're, Hey, I wasted $1,500 <laughs> if I didn't buy <laughs> if I didn't play it. So that's another great reason about having a membership is it's because the whole goal is to change people's lives, to show them what they can do and get them to actually do it. This is another route. Now I got a question for you. What are your thoughts about having a forum community as opposed to Facebook? Is it do we have to have a forum community? Is Facebook j- en- enough? Even though some people might think, "Oh, why am I paying for Facebook?" Like, what are your thoughts mm. about those that community aspect of a forum versus Facebook?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's certainly done both ways. Um, in my membership program, we run our membership site or our community side of things in Facebook. Um, and the reason that I choose to do that is because, first of all, it's one less thing to maintain. I mean, we do have to maintain it in a sense. We have to be in there every day moderating. We have to be posting discussion prompts and things like that. But we don't have to be maintaining the the back end of it, you know, the, the actual software side of it. Um, and forums can be pretty glitchy. So it's just one less thing we have to worry about. Um, But then the other reason is because so many people are on Facebook uh, that we get a lot more interaction because people don't have to log into a separate website. When posts are made in the groups, they pop up in people's news feeds. So even if they weren't intending to log into the group, they often end up in the group um, just because Facebook is helping us out in that way. Um, So that's a little advantage there. Um, and then also people often already have like the app on their phone, so it just is convenient for a lot of people. So I like it for that reason. I would say that if your membership program is like if community is the primary component of it, you might want to have it on a separate website so that people don't feel like they're paying for Facebook. Um, in my case, it is definitely a strong component of it, but because we have such a strong training component as well, uh, anyone, nobody feels, I've, I've literally never gotten an email from anyone saying, I can't believe I'm paying for Facebook or something like that, um, because they just see such value in the actual course curriculum. Um, but a lot of our most, uh, most like serious, committed, mem- engaged members, uh, their favorite part is the Facebook group. And they say, This is the reason why. Stay. And that's not an argument for Facebook over a forum. I'm just saying, like, it is a strong component of my program, but because I've provided enough value in other aspects, that's not an issue we run into. Um, I've joined memberships in the past where they had a forum on a different website. And even if the forum worked totally fine, I ultimately didn't hardly use it because it was, I mean, it's like when you have a great gadget, but it's tucked away in a back closet. You just don't pull it out.
0: Yeah, you don't. And especially when Facebook is. Literally on your phone. Usually, it's on the, somebody's home screen, and it's right there. They can click on Facebook and then jump right into mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, um, okay. now I, I like that idea. So, here's what I did. So, I knew you and I were jumping on a call today to talk about this. Literally yesterday, I launched my membership for oh, wow. all my, my rental property investing. <laughs> and so, thank you. So, I have had I've had plenty of success with coaching and my courses on real estate and rental property, like specifically about rental properties. I've done really well, but uh, maybe about three or four weeks ago, I was talking to a really good friend of mine and he was saying that he loves his membership community. I was like, I don't want to do an extra thing. I don't want to be jumping on live coaching calls. I said, Mm -hmm. where's the thing? Just do it once a month, but you just have all your courses. You just, and you develop the community, all that sort of stuff. Like you put it in a membership. So I want to ask you, I don't want to Uh, deter all the people that want to buy into my courses, which they have been, they buy into my courses and they buy into my coaching. I don't want to say, let's get rid of all those and just have it solely be membership. How do Mm -hmm. you balance the two where you could say, here are the courses where you get lifetime access to the course, or here's the membership. Like how do we make sure we're still getting revenue from both of those?
1: Yeah. So in my case, when I initially launched my membership, I had been putting off. I I knew I wanted to start a membership, but I'd been putting it off for a long time because there just there can be a lot to do in order to launch a membership between the tech side of things, you know, setting up the membership side itself and managing the members and all that. Um, and then the content side of things where you have to produce content for the members, it was just big and overwhelming. And I didn't know if it was going to pay off, especially when my audience was a lot smaller. Um, and I was like struggling to figure out how to, you know, make my first sale online. It didn't seem like it would be worth it to put in all that time and effort. Um, so sorry, this is getting into like a lot of a story, but, um, when I finally launched my membership the strategy that I came up with to get this off the ground without having it be, um, too much upfront work without getting paid was that I was going to create a a workshop or a masterclass session every month. And that was the content that I was planning to continue in the membership program every month, release one of these workshops. Um, but prior to having it be a membership i was just going to launch each of these workshops individually so i would plan out this workshop just like you know a content i was going to teach then i would tell my small audience i did have my small email list these new youtube subscribers because this was um this was about nine months after i started my youtube channel so i had a few thousand subscribers at this point um but it was still pretty new and um so i started doing this i did it for right about 5 months I believe and so I thought I'll I'll release these every month and then I'll launch the membership and that way I'll have 5 workshops that I can put in the membership so that'll be some initial content and I will have proof of concept because I will have seen that people are buying these workshops every month um so that will like you know give me the motivation to actually get the membership off the ground and that strategy did work um but the problem and how this relates to your question was that I am someone who tends to over deliver and like just I don't know do do a lot which isn't a bad thing except sometimes it can make me make things a lot more complicated and a lot bigger than they need to be so I started out doing these once a month one hour workshops and every month that I wanted to make them a little bit bigger a little bit better than the last one and by month five uh the the one hour workshop that I released that month was a 20 video course. <laughs> because, <laughs> because that video that workshop that was released in month five was how to get started on YouTube. And I had learned so much about, you know, what worked on YouTube that I just had so much to share. <laughs> um, and so then that of course set that standard like way too high. And so in the following few months, I released an entire online course every month for the next like oh, four months. Goodness. I was working around the clock. It was crazy, but I was also making more money than I'd ever made because in month five was when I launched the membership finally, Um, launched it. And even though, like I said, my YouTube channel was relatively small at that point, 300 people signed up right then. Um, The price was lower at that point and it was was a lot. So I went from making very little every month to making $10,000 from the membership alone in one month and so i was actually totally fine with working the amount that i was working because i was like well uh you know this is a lot of work but i'm killing it so (laughs) who cares um and then after a few months i realized okay uh, this isn't working for anyone because i'm churning out so much content that literally the members can't keep up they cannot work through an entire course every single month um and i i don't want to keep up this long term so we we ended up restructuring things completely and today we have this action plan model where every month we still release um something very similar to what i started out releasing but um, they are very strategically designed so every single action plan is focused on a achieving a specific result. So like one month, the action plan might be, um, create your website. The next month, the action plan might be create an online course. The next month it might be launch your online course. The next month it might be hire your first employee. So a very specific tangible result. Um, and they always only have four lessons. (laughs) That's like my commitment to myself and to the members, always only four lessons, one lesson per week. So that, and each lesson Uh, instructs the members on how to complete three action steps. So the members know what to expect and I don't work way too much (laughs) because I can produce these action plans, make them really high quality and make sure that they are really focused. So the members are getting more results and it's better for me too. Um, Anyway, but all that to say, I was producing these online courses and they were all available in the membership. So my promise to the members, you know, my sales promise was join so you can get access to all my courses. But this kind of created a problem because it meant that there was no reason for people to buy my courses outside of the membership. So people would only sign up for the membership. Um, So what we've ended up doing long term is we broke all the courses out of the membership. So now they're just two completely separate things. You can either buy a course and the courses are big, extensive. I mean, I try to always keep courses as streamlined as possible, you know, because nobody wants to consume hours of video for no reason, right? Um, But they are comprehensive courses on a topic about a result. So, for example, we've got Channel Launch, which is the YouTube strategy course. And this course, um, it teaches you everything you need to know about how to get your YouTube channel started, how to get your YouTube video, how to start getting views on your channel, how to grow your channel, how to get those subscribers, um, how to market your videos, and then how to use your videos to benefit your business. So all of that is in one course. Um, that course is around 25 videos long. Um, so it's a really good size, but it's completely separate from the membership. People can buy that course as a standalone. Um, we typically sell it for around $500. Um, but yeah, completely separate from the membership. And the thing that really helped me was instead of seeing the membership as kind of this, um, this commodity (laughs) of just like, you know, buy the membership so you can get access to everything. Now the membership has a really specific promise where it's join startup society to learn how to start and grow an online business. Okay. So you're going to learn a step-by-step simple framework for building an online business. Um, which is a much more marketable promise than just buy, so you can get everything.
0: That I like. It. Okay, so help me help me understand. So I was talking to another gentleman, like I said, that my friend that has been doing his membership for like two years. I asked him because mm-hmm. I was thinking about doing changing my model from being course driven to membership driven. And he, and I said, how like what are your thoughts about memberships? He's like, I love it, man, I love it. And he's got he's got some really good courses. So I have five courses. The main one is the Ultimate Real Estate Investing System, literally. 130 different videos teaching you how now it might seem overwhelming with that many videos, but <laughs> it, there's so much to learn in order to do it. Yeah. Right? We're building businesses, we're making sure we're having people do all the work. There's so much. Anyways, I have five different courses. And so right now, the plan I'm following my friend's plan, it's basically taking all those courses and giving them everything. Like this is, and the other courses are real estate foundations. Like these are foundational principles you need to know. The next one is your first investment. Your first investment is not your property. It's in you, number one, investing in yourself and your financially, paying yourself first, getting enough 10, 000, like enough to have $10,000 saved up to buy your first property. Next one is the ultimate real estate investing system, beginning to end, how to build the business. Another one is how to invest out of state, you know, far away from you, finding great areas that you can buy out of state. Next one is the advanced investor, how to scale the business, get 10, 20, 30 properties or more. So I have all these courses. And the reason why I built them is because I saw that there were so many different gaps. I created the ultimate yeah. relative investing system, which covers like basically from beginning to end building the business. But some people didn't have the money. So I had to create that course. Some people didn't have the foundational knowledge, how to build that course. And then how to invest out of state, how to build that course, and then advanced, you know, scaling it. So I have all five mm-hmm. of those to fill this uh, this uh, gap. And then I have the membership with the community, the group coaching calls where I'm in there coaching people. So that's where I'm at, but I don't want to siphon off the sales for the you know, specific course. So, yeah. so the course, they would buy it and then get lifetime access, complete lifetime access, but it doesn't come with the group coaching and we have one-on-one coaching. So with all that big knowledge, what are your thoughts to help me to make sure I have a well-rounded business plan?
1: Could you give me an idea of the generally how much you charge for each of your courses and then how much you've launched your membership at?
0: So I just launched a membership and just got one person in. So it's like literally like uh, less than ten hours ago, one person in there. So the membership I'll start there. Um, there's a six hundred dollar buy in fee to get okay. into the membership, and it's one hundred eighty nine dollars a month. So one hundred eighty nine dollars okay. a month to be in the membership. The the um, ultimate real estate investing system, the one that's the main flagship mastermind course, that's three thousand dollars to get mm-hmm. into that. And then each one of the courses are anywhere from like the foundations, like maybe $3.99. Uh, your first investment, I want to say, is like six ninety nine. dollars um, Out of state is $8.99. And the advanced investor is $14.99 for, for okay. each one of those courses. Yeah.
1: Okay, that makes sense. And so the with this initial launch of the membership, is the promise that they get everything?
0: Everything so- and group coaching and the community of other members. Okay, so
1: they're getting access to all the courses. So here's what I would personally do i would probably keep them completely separate in terms of their content and i would position the membership i have an as another completely different idea as well but i'd position the membership as kind of the continuity program for people who've gone through your courses and so not have that buy-in but instead maybe have it be like 97 dollars a month um, or possibly 197 or something like that but either one or $200. Um, And all the membership is, is the coaching with you and the community Um, and just have the courses be separate. Because I think that once people go through your courses um, and they are actually, they have the knowledge that they need, then they're going to get out there and start using that knowledge, start making money, but they might want that ongoing support with you. So that's my first idea. And then the other idea would be to use your membership program as your sort of like tripwire product or your intro product, because all of your courses are pretty expensive. And so that might be a, a little steep for someone who's first getting started. And so instead, you could have that, like I said, be your intro program. Maybe charge a little bit less, um, I maybe like fifty to one hundred dollars there. And maybe you create a new course, although I like I hesitate to say that because um and not course, but content, because you've already created so much content that that probably isn't necessary. Um, maybe you break out some of the content from your, like your, you said, there's a fundamentals course. Is that the most mm-hmm. expensive one though?
0: No, the Ultimate Real Estate Investing System. Okay, how much available. is the fundamentals the fundamental, one? It's the lo- lowest price. It's like uh, I think okay. $3.99, dollars something like that.
1: Okay, so so I see a few different directions you could go with that. You could either just transition that product from a course into a membership. And so like you scrap it as a course and you put the content from that course into your membership and you include the coaching and the community. And mm-hmm. that is a hundred dollars a month or something like that, which would make the buy-in a little bit lower for people, which might make you, uh, it a little bit easier to get sales, especially from those people who are just getting started. Um, so that's an option or else include some of the content from that course inside the membership and have, you know, whatever they need in order to actually get started. And I'm not sure how much content you have inside that course, but I'm just imagining your membership being, um, a affordable option for learning the basics for getting started so they can get their feet wet, maybe start earning a little bit, start making some progress so that they're ready to invest in your other programs.
0: That's, that's a great idea. So the, the I, that's originally the route I was thinking about going. And then I talked to my friend who he, he teaches people how to invest in stocks. And mm-hmm. basically, same type of thing. I do real estate, he does stocks. And this was the route that he was going. And I was thinking, well, I just don't want to lose a lot of sales going this. Okay, so I have a lot to think about those. Those are, I th- I think I like the latter thing you just said, where I have the foundational principles, even the course where I talk about your first investment, those two, Mm -hmm. you know, lower price courses, as well as the group coaching and the community getting that. And it's a lower price point, getting people in the door. See, uh, but the reason, a big reason why my friend, he has the price the way it is. He's even like a thousand dollar buy-in and $200 Mm -hmm. a month. And so the reason why he has that, he said, you know what, what's crazy is as I raised the price even more, I got more people in and less problems, less problem people. And so he's like, you know, so that's the way I started there. But like what you just said, I started there and then I worked my way to where I am now. And I've been Mm -hmm. doing it for a couple of years and it's working out great. So, yeah, I have a lot to think about. Like, what what are are your thoughts? Is there anything else I should... Uh, well, I'm
1: definitely a proponent of premium pricing because, um, I mean, what your friend said about like, it actually can be easier to make sales and you have less problems. Absolutely true. Um, but you do also have to consider like the reality of people's circumstances. Some like you have to think about that target customer for your membership and what is their actual situation and could they reasonably afford And you want it to be like a little bit expensive for them so that they have that emotional buy-in and they're committed because that's what's going to give you the less price. Problems, right um, but you don't want to price yourself out of the market for whatever market you're going after and so you're just gonna like attract different people at different price points um, so yeah. I mean, those are basic. I, another thought I have is that there's no reason why you couldn't do both of the things I suggested actually, where you could have a, a premium membership that is for your, like your graduate students essentially. Um, and then you also could have a lower tier membership. and like you could try positioning. This could be something that you could like test drive over a weekend, just offer that your fundamentals course, and maybe the other, maybe the other course also as a package deal for a membership price for continuity payment. And just see how that performs. Um, because you might find that it's easier to close sales that way and not even bring in the coaching and community element at first, just, you know, pay $59 a month or something like that instead of the upfront cost.
0: Man, that's a great idea. Cause it, it doesn't have to be an either or like it, it, we can actually mm-hmm. do both where I, I, I present the offer offer and say, Hey, you know what? I've had, I've had some feedback cause I, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to start asking people. So why would you, cause there's been lots of clicks, like, like thousands of clicks going to, but nobody's really bought it. It's only been a couple hours. So it hasn't been that long, but I'm also looking at, you know what, how can I best serve my audience? That's the only thing I really want is the best yeah. serve the audience. So. Man, that's so many great insights. Don't be afraid
1: to test different offers because, I mean, think about any business that, you know, we typically are buying from, stuff goes on sale, right? So it's okay to one weekend say like, this weekend, this course is on sale, or this weekend we're offering a payment plan and just give that a try and see how people respond to it.
0: That's great. Man, Gillian, you've given me and everybody so many great insights. Oh, it's brilliant. So I, I, could, I could absolutely, I mean, and you're just like somebody that is just your next door neighbor, that's just so willing to help, just a really friendly person. So I'm really glad that we met at that conference. So I do want to jump because we're absolutely running out of time. I'm taking way too much of your time. Um, let's jump into the rapid fire round. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it.
0: Okay. So first question is, Hopefully we have a little bit of extra time, not working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, for, a week for somebody else. We may have a little bit of time to give and serve our community or you know, make the world a better place. What are you doing with your time to help things be better for other people?
1: hmm So I consider my first area of service or my first ministry to be my family, absolutely. And so while sometimes I feel um, the inklings of guilt of, you know, maybe I should be going out and doing volunteer work or doing more at my church or things like that, I always come back to when I'm not working, I really should be ministering to my kids, serving my kids, being there for my kids. I homeschool my kids also. So, which I... I have a lot of reasons why I do that. But one reason why I do that is because if my kids were gone at school all day and I was working all day, um, I just don't, I don't think I would spend nearly as much time with them. I wouldn't really be there for them in the same way. So I really like the connection that that gives. Um, So that is my number one area of service. And then beyond that, I do volunteer at my church in different ways.
0: That is Awesome. See everybody watching the YouTube, you can see my kids here. So I have the easy job of making money. My wife has a hard job of she homeschools all the kids. In fact, they're in the other room right now doing homeschool. We started when our oldest, who's now 12, almost 12, um, when she was in kindergarten. So yeah, homeschooling is fantastic. So good job, Gilead. I'm really, really excited that you're doing that as well. So kudos to you. Okay. So next question is if somebody wants to get started, not just YouTube, but basically be somebody who helps other people through avenue of like YouTube or podcast or membership, what is one bit of advice? And you give us lots, but what is one thing that we really should do other than get started? What should we do? What advice can you give us?
1: Yeah, I would say, I mean, getting started really is the biggest first step, right? Can't go anywhere without that. But um, I would just commit to putting out content on a regular basis and specifically work on improving your content every single week so if you're making videos make every video better than the last always be looking for ways to improve it um don't expect to start a a content business like start a youtube channel or start a blog and have it be instantly popular or be able to instantly make money from it those things take time and a mistake that i made for a long time was i had way too much focus on selling so i was creating products and i was trying to sell them and i didn't realize just that i needed to work on developing my knowledge developing the quality of my content content, um, and growing my audience before I would really be able to, uh, run a profitable business doing that.
0: That's a, that's great advice. So next question, if you were to go back and give your younger self, I don't know, teenager getting into high school or something, any bit of advice, business life or whatever, what would it be?
1: First thing that comes to mind is that there are job opportunities outside of what you read about in, um, career books,
0: (laughs) That's a great, great piece of advice. And that's why I have Successfully Unemployed interviewing awesome, not just entrepreneurs, but investors or side hustle experts or anybody that has found a way. Like I've even interviewed taco truck vendors, somebody who who actually sells bridal gowns or a gym owner. There's so many different ways to make money. So I love that, love that advice. Okay, next question. What is one app or tool or it could be a a piece of paper and a pen? What do you use in your life on a day-to-day basis that we should
1: use? Uh, my number one tool is Asana. Do you use Asana? It's no, amazing. I don't. You don't. Okay. So I've, I've been a pen and paper sort of person for a long time. I love the feeling of the pen on the paper. I love just that it is physical and I can like, you know, I don't know, it's tangible and it's not a never ending digital to-do list. Right. So I was a fan of that for a long time, but Despite the that tangible and and limited nature of the pen and the paper, still my to do list would get far too long. And especially as my business grew and things got more complicated, my to dos were never ending. And something that I know about myself, at least, is that the more to dos I have, the more overwhelmed I get, the less likely I am to actually do them. I find it harder and harder to motivate myself to not procrastinate because it just gets stressful. Um. So about a year and a half ago now, I brought on a, a new um operations manager into my business. And along with her came Asana (laughs) Um, and Asana is a free project management software. And I think I had maybe signed up for it at this point, but I hadn't really gotten into it. She set it all up for me. Um, not that you need someone else to set it up for you, but I just hadn't gotten around to it because of my mile long to do list. And it has changed everything about my business. So like I said, it's a project management software. Um, basically, it organizes all of your to do's into separate projects so that you aren't faced with all of them at once. And then you can assign due dates and you can delegate them to different team members. And it means that the you only have to look at the to do's that you have to do today and all of the rest of them, even if there are hundreds or thousands, I'm sure I literally have thousands of tasks in my asana i don't have to think about them until the day that i said i was going to do them and so on any given day my tasks are very manageable but at the same time i know that everything is taken care of and i don't have to constantly um, be trying to keep track of things and not forget things Uh, i've been able to download all of the things that i were trying to store in my brain into this software and it's really reduced my stress level and at the same time really increased my productivity
0: Asana. I got I gotta look into it. That's
1: yeah, you gotta look I, into it. That's <laughs> I sound like a salesperson for it. I'm not an affiliate or anything. It just has literally changed my business in life.
0: <laughs> Good for you. That's awesome. Okay. So last question. What is one nonfiction book that you would recommend that we should read?
1: Ooh. Okay. So, I mean, I read a lot of business books. Uh, so, uh, uh, the most recent best one that I read was Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Um, I don't know if you've read that. I put it off for a long time because it was one of those books where I felt like the title was so obvious that uh, surely like, I didn't need to like, read it. Why do you need to read it? I did, okay. Start with yeah, why? <laughs> yeah. Like he must have only written 300 pages so he could sell a book. Right. But um, it was really well written. He had a lot of good thoughts and it really helped me to. Um, just to reevaluate kind of the the mission behind my company, um, the reasons, I mean, the reasons why I was doing things, but like to get really clear on uh, und- like really having a tangible grasp on that why in a way that I could communicate to my team members. So that was one of the recent books that I read that I really enjoyed.
0: That's great. Start with why. We'll definitely put that in the show notes. Okay. So you've given us so much great, insight gillian i'm really really super excited to have you on i know people are going to want to reach out to you how can they find you
1: google my name (laughs) Uh, uh really um you can find me on instagram at gillian z perkins or you can look me up on youtube just type my name into YouTube. It's Gillian Perkins. And my website is gillianperkins.com. But I mean, you look it up, you'll find it.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Gillian. I've got loads and loads that I know that everybody else listening is going to get loads and loads out of this too. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. This was a great discussion and I am very honored to have been here.
0: Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded, teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses, group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I wanna get you my free real estate investing course. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. It'll be in the description, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. You can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in Successful Unemployed, more than likely you're gonna find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya.